Hey, good morning, everybody. How we doing? Happy Father's Day. Uh, before we hop into the message, I just got to speak to all the men in here for, for just a second. Uh, dads, I know being a dad means you wear a lot of different hats. Uh, coach, listener, mentor, provider, protector, uh, maybe the most important one, WWE wrestling in the living room. I'm undefeated in my house, right? Uh, but sometimes uh, when you wear a lot of hats, uh, it can feel a little bit overwhelming. Uh, I get that. Uh, and don't let the pressures of being dad get to you. Uh, I just want to tell you, just keep showing up. More than anything else you do as a dad, the most important thing you can do for your family, uh, is, it's not the paycheck, it's not the house, it's, it's to be there for them. Uh, the dads have an influence that honestly you cannot overstate it. And I know uh, with that comes some weight on your shoulders, but I want you to know when you have Christ, you have everything you need to be the father your family needs. you got so much influence on your family, and I just want to say thank you for wielding that influence well and having your family at church today. I want to bless dads this morning. I got some people that are going to pass out some drinks to dads. They're already doing it, so that's even better. Uh, so hey, we've got some dads uh, cream soda, some dads root beer, and other just flavored drinks. So hey, you got your options um, to, to pick from. It's a socks and pops day, all right? You're going to pop open a cold one in church, just a cold one of cream soda, all right? Uh, but anyways, uh, so hey, enjoy the drinks here during service. Uh, and then on your way out, those socks that, that are over there by the donut stuff, hey, grab you a fun pair of socks. It's a socks and pop day. Uh, and then not only that, uh, but we have a DeWalt drill and driver set we're going to give away at the end of service. Uh, we're going to have a little raffle. So if you haven't got your ticket, all right, make sure and grab one of those. Uh, but today uh, is part three of our train series. Uh, in this series, uh, we've been looking at what is pulling you. We're going to go to our series verse. It's 1 Timothy 1.5. You're going to say that part in the yellow out loud with me. It says, the purpose of my instruction is that all believers will be filled with love that comes from a... Let's try it again, all right? The purpose of my instruction is that all believers will be filled with love that comes from a... Excellent, all right? Comes from a pure heart, a clear conscience, and genuine faith. A, a pure heart, that's our feelings. A clear conscience, that's our head. That's the facts, that we, the things that we know. And then a genuine faith. Uh, and God has given us all of those. Now, he designed each one of those uh, to operate in a specific way. Uh, but what happens is if we get those out of order, it can seem a little bit stressful. All right, let's see if we can get these on here. This is going to be bad if it gets on there the right way and it doesn't go on the track. That would not be good. All right, this train set was designed so that it works. It's even got steam, right? That's pretty cool. Uh, but when it's all in the right order, uh, it goes. And it should go, huh? It helps if you get it on the tracks, all right? But it's going to go pretty smooth. There we go. It's going to go all the way around the track. It's going to go smooth. Uh, when it's on there and it's in the right order after it does this little thing. Oh my gosh. It's not going smooth at all. It's bouncing like crazy. All right. Imagine that that went well and that was not human error, all right? That was just me messing it up. That's the way it's designed to go. I just couldn't get the tracks on there apparently. But if I put this in here out of order and I had this big train at the end, we did that last week, and what will happen is it might go around the tracks 
it might make it around. It's kind of bumpy like that was, okay? But eventually that friction, that stress, that heat that's going to build up there is going to cause it to mess up. And it might eventually even derail itself. And all it takes is just getting one thing out of position and it can mess the whole thing up. We, as people, we're motivated by our facts, things we believe to be true, our feelings, the emotions that we have, and our faith. And they're all a part of how God has designed us. But if we are, get those things out of order, it can mess us up. It can create some unnecessary friction and stress in our lives. And so that's why it's so important to evaluate what's pulling me. And so before we get any further, let's just take a moment and prepare our hearts uh, before God. If you just put your hands out, palms up, close your eyes, just a posture of surrender. I take a deep breath. And remember that God is just as near as the air that you're breathing. God, would you give us tender hearts to your word this morning? Help us to put away the frustrations of this past week. Help us to put away the distractions of the coming week. Help us to fully focus on you and what you have for us. We come empty with nothing to offer but surrender. God, would you fill us up as only you can? And we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, today uh, we're going to look at being led by our heart, being led by our feelings, being led by our emotions. Uh, There are people who are led by that, uh, and um, that's a part of us. Our feelings and emotions are a part of us, but when the train is being led by them, it can get us into trouble. Uh, If you know someone who is led by their emotions, they're kind of like an inside-out character, right? Have you ever seen the movie Inside Out? Uh, Anger over here, he's led by his anger, joy by her joy, sadness by her sadness, fear by fear, disgust by disgust, all right? Those are the things that pull them. Those emotions, uh, that's who they are. That's how they operate. That's what they do. And I think sometimes... Uh, we can turn into those people. Uh, like, I just got to be honest, right, that when I'm driving my car, does anybody else think that they're like the best driver in the world and nobody else knows how to drive? Like, it's like somehow everybody else just doesn't know how to drive. That I mean, it's for me. Right, well, sometimes, especially if I'm going on a road trip, this is me, right? I'm angry Logan. Come on, get over. What are you doing in the fast lane? There are a part of us. There's good reasons to get angry uh, and there are bad reasons to get angry. We have to make sure we got those things in the right order, in the God-honoring order. Okay? It's a part of us, but we have to make sure we get it in the right way. A little bit disclaimer uh, before we get into the weeds of some of this. Uh, they're a part of the train for a reason. Our emotions, our feelings are there for a reason. God created us to feel. Uh, a little little story about this. Uh, the other day I got something out of the microwave, and it was like steaming because I probably forgot. I put it in there and came back. I was like, oh my gosh, and it was going... Uh, but it's, I get out of the microwave and it's like steaming in my two-year-old. Uh, she's like, oh no, hot, right? Like she's looking cautiously what dad's doing, right? She's, she's feeling a little scared about the fact that this food is steaming and she's kind of like backing up. I'm thankful that she has a healthy fear for that hot thing coming out of the microwave, right? That if she just walked right up to him, grabbed the plate, it'd burn her hands. Or she grabbed the food, it would burn her. I'm thankful that she has, it's a good, right, and healthy for her to use that emotion to avoid this scalding hot plate. Uh, but her feelings aren't always like that, right? She's two. Uh, it's also summer and she's currently going through this like deathly fear of flies. Like she sees a, scry, uh, a fly and she screams, fly! Like she thinks that thing is going to destroy our family, right? It is an unhealthy emotion uh, because what she's feeling isn't accurate. That fly is not going to destroy our family. It's a nuisance, no doubt, 
but it's not a threat to the well-being of my family. Right? Last week, we looked at facts, the things we believe to be true. Now, some of us have a disposition to be led by our head, by the facts, the things we know. And there are positives and negatives. That the same is true for being led by our emotions. There are times we can uh, clearly express what we're feeling that allows us to connect with others and to be in tune with what's happening in us and around us. And there are other times where we let our emotions get the better of us. In our hearts, we, we ruminate on things that have happened to us and we let those emotions take over. Uh, I, know, I know I'm guilty of this when there's something where maybe I feel like I was wronged or I was, uh, somebody shortchanged me and I could, if I want to, I could just focus on that and it could make my blood boil instead of processing that in a healthy way. And at the same time, we can also let a five-minute interaction derail our entire day. Is anybody else ever guilty of that? Like, it could be a good day, but like one bad thing happened, you come home, your wife's like, how'd it go? It's like, it was a terrible day. You'll never believe, right? We let five minutes control the whole day. I know I'm guilty of it. The person who is led by the facts, we talked about last week, they, they might say something like, facts don't care about your feelings. And that's true. Uh, but if we're honest, sometimes our feelings do not care about the facts. Like, yes, that might be true, but it doesn't make us not hurt or to feel something. Uh, when I was in high school, my, my little story to kind of go with that thought is, when I was in high school, my parents got a new dog, right? Baxter, he was awesome, right? Little Aussie, mini Aussie, great dog, loved him. Uh, a while back, uh, Baxter got put down, lived a good long life, right? Intellectually, I knew the facts, right? He's in poor health, uh, it was time, he's gone, and I knew he was not with us anymore. But there was a period there where every time I'd go over to my parents' house and I wasn't greeted by Baxter, I knew intellectually he's not there, but when I don't see him, my heart would be sad. I know the facts. He's gone. He's not going to come running around the corner. That doesn't mean that my heart doesn't feel some sadness. My heart wishes the facts were different. It knows the facts, but doesn't make the facts, doesn't make him feel any different. I know those things are true, but I'm still going to feel a certain way. I know that he's not there. That makes me sad. So your facts may not care about your feelings, but Truthfully, sometimes your, your feelings just do not care about the facts. When we're led by the facts, uh, we're only as healthy as that information is accurate. Uh, and we will even believe that we have enough things that we believe to be true that change. Our, our head can deceive us. And what uh, remains tr- that remains true when it comes to our heart, our emotions can deceive us. We can feel things that we might think are true, but they're just not. Uh, We've all experienced moments like this where we were convinced, where feelings convinced us that we needed to do this thing, but our feelings were wrong. And sometimes our feelings convince us to ignore the facts. Uh, Recently, I saw a clip of a little interview with Matthew McConaughey. All right, all right, all right. And and this story is from early in his career. uh, And he said he wasn't getting a lot of callbacks. He wouldn't get a lot of callbacks. He was doing a lot of of readings, but not getting callbacks. Uh, And he had a feeling that he was overthinking it. He's like, I'm coming in too rigid, I'm too structured in these auditions, in these readings. I'm not feeling the character because I'm so into like what I'm thinking here. And he thinks, that's why I'm not getting these callbacks. I'm not feeling it because I'm overthinking it. So he made the decision that he wasn't gonna read the script until just right before uh, it was time for him to read lines for the audition. Uh, The first audition he has, that he does this for, uh, it's for a Mexican cartel drug lord. You can go find this interview. Um, and so an hour, just an hour before the audition, he opens up the script. And uh, the first two pages are him giving a monologue. 
in Spanish, <laughs> in Spanish, uh, he didn't get the part. <laughs> okay, he didn't get the part. He felt one way that his feelings would lead him in the right way, but they ended up making the situation so much worse. Uh, the way his heart led him did a disservice to him. Our hearts can deceive us. It says this in Jeremiah 17, verse 9, it says, The human heart is the most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. Who really knows how bad it is? The heart is deceit, most deceitful of things. We've all experienced moments where we felt like our heart, our feelings was leading us in the right direction, but we find out that our heart had uh, deceived us. Our feeling was wrong. Let me give you an example that I think most of us probably at some point or another might resonate with at one point in your life. Uh, my wife teaches first grade at Southwest Covenant. She's been there five years now. Awesome teacher. Got to brag on my wife real quick. She actually won teacher of the year this year. All right, go Kelsey. <clears throat> T-O-I, all right. Uh, but I remember uh, when she, uh, when we were interviewing for the school, we had an interview about Cooper getting into the school. And then immediately after that, she had an interview for the first grade position as the same person plus a few other people. And so I, I like have the interview with us and I'm like, hey, babe, I'll leave, right? Good luck. And I, I roll out and she finishes up the interview and, you know, I get the call. I'm like, hey, how do you think it went? And Kelsey was like, I just don't think they're interested. Like they didn't ask me many questions. Uh, she felt like it was like that it was bad, that their lack of questions was like a lack of intrigue to her as a teacher. Like she felt like there's no way they're going to call me back. That after the interview, her emotions were telling her, don't get the hopes up. They're probably going to go with somebody else. Her feelings were telling her, hey, you didn't get the job. Uh, I don't remember exactly how long it was until she got the call back, but basically the lack of questions were because they loved her. She was exactly who they were looking for. She was a shoe in for the position, right? The human heart is deceitful above all things. Our hearts, how we feel, uh, it can deceive us. How we feel about something shouldn't be what's pulling us because our feelings can lead us astray. And if we were just to look at this verse, we might think, why? why? Why are our feelings even a part of the train? Like we should just disconnect that part and leave it behind. If it's the most deceitful of all things, let's just detach this thing and move on with life. But our feelings, our heart, it's a part of us. And here's where things get a little interesting. There's a verse in Psalm 37. It says this, Take delight in the Lord, and he will give you your heart's desires. God will give you your heart's desires. Now, wait a second. I thought, just that previous verse you looked at, I thought our heart was deceitful above all things. Now, God is going to give us what our deceitful heart desires. It seems like those are conflicting things. And if you were just to take those verses at face value without understanding the bigger picture that it's appearing in the context, there's a huge gap between our hearts are desperate or, or wicked. We got nothing good in us. And then, hey, uh, God's going to give you your heart's desires. So hey, in Jeremiah 17, it's talking about people. You can go read the verses before this. It's talking about people who have turned their hearts away from God. People who are relying on the strength of themselves, the strength of the people around them, not the strength of God. Uh, if I could put it into my own words, I'm going to summarize it just in the context. Without God, our ho hearts are hopeless. Without God, our hearts are hopeless. Left to our own devices, 
we don't stand a chance. We need someone to help us change course, to intervene, to help us get back on track. And that's Jesus. When we accept Jesus, things have changed. He changes us. It says this in Ezekiel 36, 26. And I will give you a new heart. I will put a new spirit in you. I will take out your old stony heart, stony, stubborn heart, and I will give you a tender and responsive heart. Since Jesus gives us a new spirit, let's talk about the Holy Spirit. He indwells us at salvation, that God is with us, that we are never alone. And not only that, but that we have a new heart, a heart that is tender and responsive. Without Jesus, it says we have a stony and a stubborn heart that is deceitful above all things. But with Jesus, we have a tender heart. Now, I want to point out one thing. Uh, it says that Jesus gives us a new heart. It's a tender heart. It's a responsive heart. It doesn't say that with Jesus, you can't be deceived. Right? We are still susceptible to deception. We are above it as Jesus followers. But as a Jesus follower, you have power over sin, even the sin that tries to creep up in your own heart. As a believer, when you hear your heart is deceitful above all things, you need to reflect, am I giving my tender, responsive heart to the things of God? Or am I giving, or am I letting the world make my once tender heart calloused? There's a battle there. There's a struggle there. And it's a battle we see all throughout scripture. It's a battle of the flesh and a battle of the spirit. Battle of the flesh and a battle of the spirit. It says it this way in Galatians 5. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the spirit wants. And the spirit gives, what the spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other. So you are not free to carry out your own good intentions. There is a battle inside of you, a battle inside of everybody here that is constantly happening. It's the flesh versus the spirit. And they have opposite desires. And because of that, you are not free to carry out your own intentions. And, and if I could put that into a words that I think we might just resonate with, uh, just because you want to do something doesn't mean you should do it, right? Uh, our flesh might be telling us to do something. That, that doesn't mean that's the right thing. The flesh is actually the wrong thing. And our spirit tells us to do the good things. They're, they're, they're counterintuitive. They don't go the same way. My flesh would have me, uh, I saw a picture of one of y'all and he posted a picture of a steak and some mashed potatoes this week on Facebook. And I was like, man, bummed, all right? That looks so good. My flesh would have me eating a steak and double mashed potatoes every meal of the day, right? It would not be good for me. That's what my flesh would say. We are not free to carry out your own good intentions. It would feel good to just do that, right? To do what my flesh wants. We have to let the spirit guide our lives. Not to be following the cravings that are in us, our flesh, but, be, but to be pursuing Jesus and what he has planned for us. Be pursuing Jesus and what he has planned for us. Let's reread Psalms 37, take delight in the Lord and he will give you your heart's desires. 
so many of us, when we hear that, uh, we get caught up on the eye candy at the end of the verse. He will give you your heart's desires. God will give you your heart's desires. And, And when we hear that, we start thinking about money, power, influence. But, but here's the thing, the whole verse hinges on the beginning of it. Take delight in the Lord. Take delight in the Lord. What does it look like to take delight in the Lord? Maybe just to back up a little bit and make it even a little bit more easier, we get a little more tangible. What does it look like to delight in any relationship? What would it look like for a marriage where a husband and wife, they delight in one another? that they would have a, a happy alignment where they are in alignment. They both know where they're headed, where they're going, and they're happy about it. They said, hey, we're going to walk down this path, and they're both happy about doing it. That, sound, that sounds great, uh, but I think uh, this happens so- sometimes in, in relationships and marriages. If one of them agrees to do it, and they might say, yeah, let's do that, but they're not happy about doing it, they might be on the same path, but one person is just getting drugged along, right? That doesn't sound very delightful if you're the one being drugged or if you're the one dragging somebody, right? It's not delightful. That's, that's forced alignment. But happy alignment, that's delight. You're in agreement on the path you're walking and you're in a cheerful, you're a cheerful, cheerful participant in the process. Happy alignment. If you take that and look at God to take delight in the Lord, do you have happy alignment with God? And I just want to submit to you, it's possible to be aligned, like you are doing the correct things, things by the book, but your heart isn't in it. You're not feeling it. Uh, let me give you uh, some examples. Uh, so you know God calls you to be to give and to be generous, so you tithe. But every time you make a donation, you're doing it with clenched teeth. Let me give you another one. Uh, You know you need to get into God's word, so you do, but you're really not into it. You're just doing it so that God doesn't wreck your life. Like you feel like if I do this, then God's going to take care of me. Uh, God knows that that's kind of how we're wired. We have a tendency, uh, especially in our culture, uh, to push through and do things even if we're not pleased with them. That's why in 1 Corinthians, he talks about how he loves a cheerful giver. That's why in Psalm 119, David says, hide God's word in your heart. It doesn't say hide God's word in your head. You hide God's word in your heart. We can do the things of God, but with our hearts not being in happy alignment. I want you to imagine that in any other relationship that you have, you drudge along with whatever that other person wants, but you're doing so out of obligation. That doesn't sound like a life-giving relationship. Now, if you're in a relationship with someone and you do what they want because you enjoy being with them, that feels a little different, right? Uh, I don't know about you guys. Have you ever done something that, you, that honestly just stinks? It's not fun. It's hard work, but you have a great time because of who you're with, right? Anybody ever been there? I know I've been there, right? That's happy alignment. What you're doing might require great energy from you, but because of who you're with and who you're doing it for, you enjoy the process. If we delight in God, we have happy alignment with him. 
he promises to give us the desires of our heart. We have happy alignment with him, the desires of our heart. They're, they're not fleshly desires. They are God-honoring desires. God will give us those desires if we delight in him. The thrust of, of Psalm 37 in this verse isn't to get God to give you the desires of your heart. The thrust, the point of this verse is to delight in God. When you get your life aligned with his ways, he can show you some amazing things. He can do amazing things through you. I think maybe the most amazing thing is that with him, you have everything you'll ever need. He is a well that never runs dry. There is always more of him to be had. And if we don't delight in him, we can miss out on a lot of that. Question for you is, do you delight in Jesus? Do you enjoy doing things his way? Church, well, our hearts, what we feel, it's important. But we can let our emotions get the best of us. Or we can give our heart to God. Let him guide us. Let him be the one who he takes our stony, stubborn heart, and he gives us a tender and a responsive heart that we would love him more. Uh, I got one final verse for today, and uh, I think it carries a huge weight when it comes to our, our feelings and our, and our hearts. Uh, it's 1 John 3.10. It's a verse that I, that I cling to often. It's, Even if we don't feel at ease, we don't feel good. God is greater than our feelings. And he knows everything. I don't know how you walked in feeling today. Maybe you walked in discouraged, feeling like you're at the end of the rope. There's not much point to just press on. What's the point? You feel defeated. Like there's no climbing out of the hole that you're in. And you just feel like Shame, you feel defeated, you feel like you got, there's no way out. That's how you're feeling. God is greater than what you're feeling right now. He knows everything. And I don't say that's for you to ignore what's happening in your heart. God gave us emotions for a reason, but I want you to remember whatever circumstances, remember that God is bigger than what's happening. Whatever's going on, he is bigger. He loves you and no matter how you are feeling, he is bigger, stronger, better than any situation you can face. He knows everything. He knows everything. I don't have these on the screen, but this, these next few verses right after that, it's verse 21, it says, Dear friends, if we feel at ease in the presence of God, we will have the courage to come near Him. If we feel at ease, you don't worry about how we're feeling on the external. We just say, God, I'm going to come before you. We feel at ease in the presence of God. We have the courage to come near him. Verse 22, he will give us whatever we ask for. Because we obey him and do what pleases him. God wants us to have faith in his son, Jesus Christ, and to love each other. This is also what Jesus taught us to do. If we obey God's commandments... We stay one 
in our hearts with him, and he will stay with us. And the spirit he has given us is proof that we are one with him. Now, if you caught that, it says, he will give us whatever we ask for. Psalm 37 said, he will give you the desires of your heart. It says we have to obey him. Psalm 37 says we must delight in him to have happy alignment with God. I just want to tell you, hey, delight in God today. Uh, even if you don't feel at ease, God is bigger than your feelings. He is. He knows everything. You can come to him with confidence. Even when you feel like you shouldn't, even when you feel ashamed, he's greater. You can come to him with confidence and he's always going to receive you. He's never going to turn you away. Even when you don't feel it, he's God is greater than your feelings. Let's pray.